Welcome to Royal Grace Chapel, the empowerment center where faith comes alive through inspiring messages and teachings. At Royal Grace Chapel, our mission is to empower you to connect with God in worship, relationship with other believers, and enable you to fulfill your purpose for global impact. We believe in the power of transformation through the Word of God, and that's exactly what you'll experience as you journey with us through our plethora of messages. Get ready to be equipped, uplifted, and empowered on your path of faith. Be transformed as you listen to today's empowering message. Service because I want to share something. Now, what I'm sharing, let's, uh, we need to understand the times and the season we are in. In our country right now, we are in an unprecedented season. It's a season where, for instance, in the history of our country, we've not seen our currency lose value at an astronomical rate the way it is. In fact, this past week, in, in less than how many days, I, I, I remember that um, uh, I was talking to someone on Monday. I think it was on Monday. And I said to the person, I said, do this thing right now. I called somebody by 10 o'clock, in, uh, uh, 10 p.m. Monday evening, and I said, do this forex transaction now. Do this transaction now. And the person was like, well, I said, do it now. Don't argue with me. So the person went by that Monday and did that forex transaction. Now, that was at 1498. I remember it was at 1498, 1498. I said, you won't get it again. All right. And the person did it. That was Monday night. Monday night. By Friday, all right, this past Friday, I hear that the forest has devalued to about 1650. In, in five days. It is an unprecedented time. Things that we have not seen happen before. Alright? Now, um, as, a mon- as a last week, as a Monday or so, last week Saturday, a bag of cement, you know we are building. So a bag of cement was still being sold at for 6,800. As at yesterday, it has crossed over 9,000 naira. We, we in less than um, in one week. Now, when we are building, when we did, just in um, December, when we did our decking, we bought a ton of iron. Some of you will remember, 530, 530,000 for a ton of iron. Now, as at this past week, I was told that it is now over a million naira. You, you get what I'm trying to say? Now, when you look at all this, the question is, what is going on? What is going on? What are we going to do? Should we run away? All right. Uh, unfortunately, Number one, most countries too are going through turbulent season. Maybe at various degrees or it varies from one place to the other. What should we do? What should happen? Okay? Now we are seeing things. In fact, one of the alarming things is that now in Nigeria now, deliberately we now hear that people are beginning to hoard food so that the price of food items can go high. In the same country. They are ordering the food and ordering food items so that things can go. And so people are losing their jobs. People can't feed. Things are becoming very, very difficult. Uh, one of our sisters was telling me that Pastor, they've increased our school, federal school, from 50 something thousand naira to over 200,000 naira now. Oh, yes, a federal institution. Okay, so what are we going to do? Is this the end of the road? All right, is this the end of the road? What should we do? Because the way at the rate at which things are going, people are saying, I, I, I saw a video recently, and some people are even rioting nakedly. That's not the way. You can riot nakedly, but it does not mean that the price of rice will come down. 
you can riot nakedly, it does not mean that the price of the food can come down. The question is, what are we going to do? Is there a way out of this kind of situation? Now, the answer is that when things get to this kind of situation, we need to look into the word of God and find our own compass. Because the word of God is a sure compass that will always give us direction regardless of the season or times or situation. Somebody say, I hear you. Somebody say with me, it is not over yet. Can you, I don't know whether that brother, Michael, whatever his name, can you please, Osha, I don't know whatever you're doing, please sit up. Where, where's your note? Please make sure that all the um, teenagers that are here, they have notes. There's a reason. So all of you that don't have notes, go and get a sheet of paper and write it. You must write. Okay, write, write. Okay, good. So we must know that there is a way out. The word of God gives us a way out. A way out. I, you know, I'm very glad, for instance, now that... Uh, you know, going into this year, when we started the investment um, class that we did, we, we, we've been doing after the service, those of you who were there two weeks ago, we realized that when we sat down to do some analysis together, most of all those analysis in, in a short time have, have come to pass. You know, when we, when I, when we sat down, we, I, I, when we sat down, you know, because the, the change makers, um, those who are between the age of 20 and 30 something, we've been teaching them how to navigate this season and um, how to, what to do and how to navigate. I, some of you were there in the classes that we've had, we will be having it again today, all right, is that you will see that most of what we said and what we need to do, go and check all those analysis we have done, it, is, it has started happening. Now, the truth of the matter is that we are not the only one. Now, instead of pressing, for instance, the panic button and thinking it is over, Nigeria is hard, those who know their God shall still be strong and do exploit. You just need to know what to do. And there are two dimensions to what you need to do this season. Number one is the spiritual dimension. And number two is uh, the, the, what we call the natural dimension. The other dimension, natural dimension, there are principles you must engage in this season, all right, to be able to prosper. But if you know and you are doing the right thing, yes, things are going higher, but I'm telling you, in the midst of scarcity, you and I will still eat plenty. Tell your neighbor you will eat plenty. Oh, tell your neighbor, say, you will eat plenty. You will not die of hunger. You will not go down. Well, if your neighbor does not like it, look for someone that looks likely, that looks like somebody like a believer. That believer say, you will not die of hunger. You will not go down. You will prosper more this season. Hallelujah. Say, I am going to prosper more. Say, I am prospering more in this season. Now, let me officially announce to you what is happening in Nigeria, especially. We are in a season called the season of famine. This is the season of famine. There is famine in our country. Because famine, if you check, it means acute shortage of resources. Or any, when you are experiencing a season of acute shortage. So, acute, there is acute shortage in food. Or, or food, there is acute shortage in our currency. Dollar is scarce and everything. Now, everybody is affected by dollar. Even the woman selling tomato is affected by dollar. Alright, the conductor is saying dollar has gone up. So, he has to now... Everybody is affected by dollar. One way or the other, that's what they claim. But the bottom line is that is officially a season of famine. It's a season of famine. Now, from Genesis to Revelation, one of the things you will see that there has always been famine. In fact, one of the signs of the end time is that there will be more famine. So, if this is the season of end time, 
or as believers, then you will know that there will be more famine. There will be more famine. All right, now famine is one of the signs of the end time. So, what do you and I need to do in the season of famine? So once you realize that the season is called the season of famine, where there is acute shortage of resources, materials, all right, and acute shortage of food supply and the rest of the thing, the question is, how do we go about, or what do we need to do in the season of famine? What is expected of us? What kind of people do we need to be? And how do we go about living our life in the season of famine so that we can prosper more? That is what this service is all about today. Because we are not the first people to go through famine. And then are we going to be the last set of people? In the in, in U.S., if you read history, there was a period called the season of Great Depression. And that even in America, that the people, 1,000 people can kill for one job. They went through that season. But it's not always there. But you see, during the season of famine, one of the things that happened is that power changes hands. Power changes hands. So you must know how to position yourself to take advantage of the power that is changing hands. Resources, you see, when they say famine, you know, season of like this means that people are still making money, but people are still prospering. It just means that what money is changing direction. Let me put it that way. Money is changing direction. What used to make money before we know it's not what is making money. New opportunities will emerge. New resources will emerge new doors will be open whilst the old old doors will be irrelevant all right but by all means people will still be prospering so for instance before this season maybe this particular trade was what was generating income now when you hear of farming it means that oh this one is not generating income but money has changed direction now this one is now what is raining so you and i must know that okay instead of joining the bandwagon of people who are just crying no money no money no money nigeria is that's the reality but if you think like that you are only going to be part of the majority what you should begin to look out for is that which direction is the economy facing which direction is money facing how can i position myself all right in this season to prosper more, I have those who are around me, especially those who, um, some, some of those I, I talk about investments, opportunities, and the rest of those things with. I tell you the truth that they are, they are actually becoming richer. Or they, 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 are, they are making more money. Because why? The truth of the matter is that, like I said, don't shut down your mind. There are more opportunities coming up right now. Now, you and I are going to be part of it. I said, you are going to be part of it. In the name of Jesus. So we need to look into the word of God for direction in this season. So let's go to the spiritual dimension first. What do we need to do right now? And be more intentional about it. I would like you to follow me to the book of Genesis. Say with me, I'm following you right now. Oh, type it online. Say, I'm following you right now. I want to be there to be sure. that Type it, say, I'm following right now. Say, I'm following. Type it on YouTube. Say, I am following right now. I'm following right now. Type it, I'm following right now. So, you see, I told you that today we are doing both online and offline service. Is that not okay? I said, is that okay? So, we are both online and offline. Okay, so David, you are not online. I'm not, I've not seen you on YouTube. So, be on YouTube. All right, then you put your phone on side. So, we are doing both online and offline because some of our friends are joining us for the first time. And I want us to be there to help them um, be part of the service. I'm following right now. I'm following right now. Okay, so have you done that? Good. Genesis 47 verse 13. Genesis 47 verse 13. These, we are going to be reading from New Living Translation. And what you're about to read, this example, can be likened to what we're going through right now in Nigeria. 
So Genesis 47 verse 13 says, Meanwhile, the famine became so severe that all the food was used up. Genesis 47 verse 13, New Living Translation, thank you. All the food was used up. And people were starving throughout the lands of Egypt and Canaan. They were starving throughout the land of Egypt and Canaan. Verse 14, by selling grain to the people, Joseph eventually collected all the money in Egypt and Canaan. And he put the money in Pharaoh's treasure, or Pharaoh's treasury. Verse 15. When the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money, all the Egyptians came to Joseph. Our money is gone, they cried out. But please give us food or we will die before your very eyes. Now, can you see a serious famine taking place? Verse 16, everybody. Can we read verse 16 together? Verse 16 together, one to go. Joseph replies, since your money is gone, bring me your livestock. I will give you food in exchange for your livestock. Now, what does this mean? This means when people begin to sell their property to eat. And already we can start seeing it happening in Nigeria. That's why I told you that you need to know how to reposition yourself. All right? Um, to know what to do in this season. This year we are buying properties. It's your year of buying lands. Like never before, some of you say people. Is, uh, one of the things that happen when the, things like this happen is that the price of property goes down. Granted, the price of property goes down. So that prophecy must come to pass. Ah, uh, yeah, get ready. I said it must come to pass. Oh, you are going to buy property this year. Oh, I said it's your time to buy property. It's your time to build. God will give you favorable transactions, favorable land deals are on his way to you. Receive it in Jesus' name. Verse 17. So they brought their livestock to Joseph in exchange for food. In exchange for their horses, flock of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and etc. Verse 18. But that year ended and the next year they came again and said, We cannot hide the truth from you, my Lord. Our money is gone and our livestock and cattle are yours. We have nothing left to give but our bodies and our land. Verse 19, why should we die before your very eyes? Buy us and our land in exchange for food. We offer our land and ourselves as slaves of Pharaoh. Just give us grain so we may live and not die. And so the land does not become empty and desolate. Now the next thing you see when in times of famine is that there is job crisis. Job crisis. Money crisis. People sell their living properties to eat. Then the next thing is job crisis. So I'm just trying to let you know so that when you begin to hear that, oh, there is no job, people are losing their job, there is no work here and there, it's one of the things that begins to happen. Is, oh, markets are not moving because prices of things have soared high, so sales are dropping. All right? Now, as a business person, those are normal things. So if you're a business person here, for instance, now, and you have, you have started seeing that, don't be surprised, really. But you must just, like I said to you, know how to rejig that business, how to reposition that business to begin to make new wave of profits. Okay? So for instance, now, if you're a business person here dealing with importation of things, you know that now, if you are, your business is dollar-based, your, the prices of those commodities will go high. Now, there is a limit to how far you can just increase your prices. Of course, you cannot want to sell at a loss. But right now, if your, yours is dollar-based, what you then need to know that what are the things I need to do 
You cannot just be going to that shop and say the price of things are going high and you are just sitting down there. No, people will not buy what you used, they used to buy before. If it's dollar based, the more the more the is going up and the, the salaries are not increasing, people's purchasing powers are reducing. So there are some products that will not sell anymore. But in the midst of it, there will always be new opportunities for you. But I'm just trying to let you see the characteristics of what is going to happen. So there is going to be new opportunities for you. Those of you who are in the investment class, remember one of the things I, I, I shoot out, we, we, we shot out a mail, uh, a message about three weeks ago. And if you check what we say you should do if you are in that chain makers class, what you should do, you are that if you have done it between that three weeks and now, a lot of you will have been very more prosperous. Alright? But like I said to you, that that's the reality of the season. And we must be soldiers who are not found wanting in the season of war. A soldier should not be surprised when there is war. Because that is what you have been trained for. That's what you have been built for. All your training, all you have been built for is for such a time as that. So as children of God, we must know that this is why we are covenant children for such a time as this. Praising God, prayer, praise, and all those things we have been doing is not just because of the good time. Alright, to be a child of God means that when this time comes, this is the time we ought to shine. Because the Bible says that arise and shine for the light is come and the glory of God is risen upon you. Say with me, I'm going to shine more. Say last I am shining more this season. Hallelujah. Verse 21, as for the people, he made them all slaves from one end of Egypt to the other. So people are going to be slaves. Right? Slave means that they will do anything just to get money. So already, slave of new habits, crimes, are going to enslave people, different things. But there is another story in this chapter. This is where you and I come in. Now, can we follow me to verse 27? Verse 27. Follow me to verse 27. So it is not the same story all around. In the midst of all this crisis, look at verse 27, everybody. Can we all read verse 27? Because this is your own portion. Verse 27, everybody. No, no, no. You are not reading as if you believe that this is going to be your own portion. All right? If you believe, then read it with a one, two, go. In Egypt. There they acquired what? Didn't I tell you? I said, you are acquiring property this season. So you see that as the Egyptians were selling their property because of food, who were the people who were buying them? No, no, no. Did you see two things? Some were selling their properties to eat, but who were buying the properties? Say, I'm going to buy the property. <laughs> are you excited? And I said, are you excited? Like excited. All right. Are you excited? It's, it's, you see, they were buying properties. Alright? They were buying and they were what? They were what? That means as the rest were becoming barren, what was happening to them? They were becoming fruitful and their population grew rapidly. Wow! Now that means that it's time for some of you to give birth to new children. Ah, people are saying no let's go and do family planning no 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 we ain't planning anything My, I'm going to be fruitful now yeah. Yeah, but the price you know the school fees are, are going high I said no it's time to make new babies 
If the person beside you is your wife or your husband, tell your pinch the person is trying to make me. But if it's not your husband, don't worry, the person will understand. Say, but tell your neighbor, tell your husband in the spirit, say, or oh, your wife say it's time to make new babies. I don't know why married people are not saying that. No, married people, why are you not saying it? Because are you afraid of school fees? No, the Bible said that your, your population must grow now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Put your hands together for Jesus. Things are getting better. Oh, I said things are getting better. Now look at what God said in his word. Isaiah 49 verse 15. Isaiah 49 verse 15 saying, Can a woman forget a sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget. Yet, I will not forget you. Yet, I will not forget you. God is saying to us, in this season, he has not forgotten you. I said, God has not forgotten me. God knows I'm in Nigeria. He knows my address. And he's taking care of me. I said, he's taking care of me. I don't know about you. Say, God knows I'm in Nigeria. He knows my address. And he's taking care of me. Say, I said, God knows I'm here. And he's taking care of me. He has not forgotten us. Now, as children of God, then, what should we do? How do we move on the path of victory in this season? What are the things that practically we must do to begin to see new wave of results? The first thing I want you to note is that you must contend with the spirit of fear. You must fight the spirit of fear. The first thing you need to do consciously in this season is contend. When I use the word contend, it means fight the spirit of what? Fear. Now, I want you to know that fear is a spirit. And faith is a spirit. Where fear is present, faith is absent. One of the things that fear does is that fear, the spirit of fear comes with the aim of just enslaving you. Remember that in Egypt, during famine, they all became slaves. Now, whenever there is famine, the spirit of fear is looking for slaves. Those he will enslave. You must decide that you will not become a slave in this season. Fight that you don't become the, sl- the slave of fear. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 14. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 14. Now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul. And the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. So you see, when the spirit of faith leaves, the devil torments people, punishes people with the spirit of what? Fear and depression. Do you know that when you look around, there can be depression right now? The rate of depression is becoming very high. People are becoming depressed. Because when you look to the left, there is nothing. Look to the left, right? Right, there is nothing. Look to the front, there's like, and bills are piling up. School fees are there to pay. House rent is there to pay. Um, Somebody was looking for a house recently, and they told me that, you know, just away from us here, all right, in one of the estates that I I used to live and I moved out from, a four-bedroom flat, this this side of it is 4.5 million. I said, What? Just, I'm telling you, just yesterday that is close to us here. I said 4.5 million. 
and the man could open his mouth to call it. Well, I said, but you don't also blame them because to build now is a lot. We are doing aluminum windows for our, at the church side. And uh, the aluminum windows used to be, yes, clap. That's what you can clap. Those who like progress, claps. Those who don't like progress, you don't clap. So I don't, I don't know where you belong. <laughs> uh, you know, and when, I, when, when, when they told me the quotation, the last time I did something like that was around 32,000, right? Now they said it's about 97,000 or 95,000. I said, Glory be to God. Amen, somebody. Now, when you hear such things, what do you think? Fear. But let me tell you something. If you allow fear to enter and depression, it will open you up for more problems. You know, a, a man came one day, arm robbers came to their house, burglars came to their house, and um, they stole some things. But what surprised them was that they did not force the door open. They didn't break the front door. They looked around the window. They didn't break the window. So they began to suspect that maybe somebody gave them the key to the house. So when the police came, they, it became an interesting case. Because how did they enter to, to open the door? So they began to ask the man, the man who are the people that have the spare key. He said, no, nobody has the spare key and everything. Just me and my wife. And you know, then during the course of the investigation, they saw something. They realized that there was a small door in a window in the um, in one of the I think the bathroom or something. What the burglars did was to just about that window was very small. It could not have contained the guys that came in. They saw in their camera. So, but later on, they then realized that what the guys did, those particular burglars doors is that they go around with a small boy. The boy is so small. The duty of the boy, because he's so small and his head is so small, is to enter through the burglary on the and the boy they will squeeze the boy the boy enters then go and open the door from behind for the big big guys to come in now listen to me that is exactly what fear does fear in itself is harmful not harmful fear in itself is does not carry gun fear in itself is does not appear dangerous fear appears very innocent and calm but let me tell you something. Fear does something. Fear is not what kills. It is what fear opens up to that kills. Fear itself is not the killer. It is the thing that fear invites that kills. So the, that is why you see that in the Bible there are 365 times that you hear the word fear not. It means that if you every day when you wake up and there are three sixty-five days in a year, that means every day of your life, what God is telling you is what? Fear not. Fear not. It's the first word. Fear not. Fear not. Because the moment you are operating in fear, the Spirit of God cannot step in. So I'm saying to you in this season, how do you think you will pay the school fees? I said to you what? Fear not. How will you pay the house rent? How will you eat? How will you get a job? How will you survive? How will you get the promotion? How will you pay your outstanding bills? The, the first thing is what? Fear not. Fear not. Because you see, what you are looking for is house rent. Well, if you allow fear, you, it, the house rent will be there and other sickness will come. 
It's better that your problem is just outstrain than to now begin to look for money for kidney transplants. To begin to look for other things. So fear multiplies the problem. Fear causes the problem to be worse. Fear don't make things get better. It makes things worse. So you look at that situation and say, I know that the bills are there. I know the landlord is coming to knock on the door. I know that my children may be sent them back for school. But the first thing I know, I thank God that this is the only problem I have. And I'm not going to be afraid. Fear not. For your God is still on the throne. He has not changed. He has not failed. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we may refuse to be afraid. Hallelujah. I'm not afraid. The Bible said that we should not be afraid of the terror by night. Nor the plague that wasted at noonday. Say, so fear not. Fear not. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be afraid. Do your face the way the person is afraid of it. And look, I say, don't be afraid. No, some of you don't have that face. I said, give your face, your neighbor. Look at, don't, don't you have a neighbor? Say, look at it. I say, look at it. Don't be afraid. Yes. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. We will do well this season. I said, we will do well this season. The next thing you must do in this season is contend with the spirit of worry. Contend with what? Oh, let me tell you. You know, when you see worry, already they say worry, no, they carry last. Are you with me? You are in church already. As you are listening, you oh God. Tomorrow they will come. When they come, what will I do? Um, okay, I will lock the door from behind. When I lock the door, I will tell Chekube to say that I'm not at home. Ah, but what did they know that I'm... Look at you, you are just soliloquining. See, worry is the easiest part to madness. Oh, you, you don't think so? No, when you see a, a typical person that worry has besieged, you will not know whether the person is normal or not. The person is... One day I saw somebody on this road. The man. I said, hey! Only God knows the problem. But you see, worry is the beginning of insanity. You will see the man is there. And, and you are talking to the person. You say, Wait up. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh boy. See, look at what the Bible says. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. New Living Translation. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. You can put it this way. You cannot be serving God and be enslaved to worrying. Worry wants to make you a slave. And let me tell you something. Most of what you worry about won't come to pass. Most of what you worry about will not come to pass. Verse 25. Jesus said now, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink, enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing. What is this saying here? 
It means whether you have enough or you don't have enough, don't worry. I like that. So don't worry. Be happy. When your landlord says your rent is over and you've got no money to pay, don't worry. Oh, be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. It's the truth. It's the truth. One day I was owing a man those days in Computer Village and you know, my office was on the Remedy Street. Those of you who know, I have to come down from Medical Road, then enter from Oremiji. Now, I have someone that used to drop me in front of that Oremiji Junction, then I would just enter my street, then um, uh, I would get to my building. Now, because I was owing this man, I stopped using Oremiji to enter, then I have to use um, Otigba um, to enter, or I will use um, Olayene, or one of those streets to enter. It's been long, so I, I may not to be good. Now, but any day that this man, I, some, I have to be constrained to enter because now I was owing somebody else again on the lioning area, so I can't enter from there. So I'm so I'm everywhere, you know, I have to enter. So, but I remember that. Please come, you usher, come. I became my life changed. That see, the first time I know what is called magnetic walking. Do you know magnetic walking? So the man's shop is here. I will first stay at the junction of a registry. Wait for somebody that is taller than me. Then, once the guy is moving, move. Just move small, small. Then, as the sky is there, that I will just... I, he doesn't know I'm just following. I will walk like a soldier side by side. Just to be able to pass the front of that man's shop. And, every morning, I... Then later, whether the man maybe I didn't know that the man too has positioned somebody downstairs. It's like once I enter, then the man also come upstairs. And at the point I could no longer go to work because the people I was owing was too much. One afternoon, one of them carried gun to come and meet me, and said, "Before you kill me, I will kill you." I'm telling you, broad daylight. But this particular man I was owing, you know, was his own. Because he, was, he said he was also a police officer. So two people cannot carry gun at the same time and come and meet me. So one just left with gun, you know. But I remember that I, I, I told myself that, hey, if I don't go to work, I can't make money. If I don't make money, I can't pay back. This man does not want to see me in, in this place. So one day he came, as usual. And that was the day I became free. I t- when he said, where is he? I said, I'm here. Before I used to lie that not there and it would create sin and go. I said, I am here. And when he raked, he was very tall. I said, Oh God, I do owe you. I go pay. But from today, I know they run again. If you want to kill me, kill me. But I am not running again. Now, my problem is money. Now, already now, my problem now is now beyond money. My problem is now adding sin. Because every day I have to lie, 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 lie. Now, God does not hear the prayer of a liar. So if God is not hearing my prayer, how can I pay you? I'm not lying again. I will go. And the master will kill. I said, kill me. Go, go, go take me. I'm telling you, it's all like drama. But you know, eventually, by the grace of God, I, I realized that by just clearing all of them, Clearing my mind of worry because every night, because of those debts, I could not sleep. I was because I was beginning to look older. Already, I'm not tall, and you know, God just delivered me from tiny body, big head. 
Now the sickness is now coming back again. My head is becoming bigger than my and now, now if my head is becoming bigger than my body, the people that want to also give me job, they will not want to give a kwasha command job. So you could see that the problem is becoming bigger and bigger. From, you know, so I just told myself, no more. No more. I'm telling you the truth. One of the first steps I had to deal with in coming out of that death series was to actually clear my mind that God will help me. I'm not going to be worried about this thing anymore. You see, what, what worry does is that worry closes the door and you no longer see any advantage about what you are going through. In fact, let me tell you something. If fear, all right, opens the door for other invitation uh, demons to come in. What worry does for you is that worry makes you an ungrateful person. The easiest part of becoming ungrateful in life is through worry. Because you see what worry does is that all of a sudden you just see everything as disadvantage around you. You no longer see what is working. So for instance, you don't have a job. You are now worried about the job, but you've forgotten that the fact that thank God that you had the health to even go and look for a job in the first place. So one of, the ten, one of the antidotes for worry, the best way to deal with worry, is that you must be intentional in developing a culture of gratitude. You see, I'm not saying that the problem is gone, but now I will begin to thank God even for the problem I have. I, I thank God that you see, it, is, it, it looks so insane, but when I wake up in the morning, I say, Lord, I thank you that I'm owing money. Now, how can you thank God that I'm owing money? Because I know that whatever it is that is there, the more I pour thanksgiving on it, the better it becomes. Worry makes it worse, thanksgiving makes it better. So you lift up your th- that problem and say, Lord, I thank you for this problem. I thank you that I'm owing. I thank you that I don't have a job. I thank you that my marriage is not working. I thank you that my child is giving me problems. Not because you are glad that that thing is happening, but because you know that with thanksgiving, Bible says that for we know that all things work to together for good anything the enemy had meant for your disadvantage through the power of gratitude it begins to work in your favor is somebody with me so business has not come get to that shop instead of saying hey today market it don't you what will a white man going to do <laughs> they said uh, don't go to cement wait even when it was one thousand naira, you have not built a house when it was five hundred naira, you didn't build a house when it was two thousand naira, you didn't build a house god is just waiting for it. now that it's ten thousand naira, you are going to build your own hallelujah hallelujah are you somebody with me this morning Stop worrying and start becoming grateful. Look for the good side of it. You console yourself. Ah, when did they sell the price of the for 5000 I know buy them. I know for, but see, when my time comes, I will build. If they like, let them call it 20000 I will build. Some people build when it was 2000 Some build when it was 1000 Some build when it was 5000 Me, I will build at any amount they call it because my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. I am building. Oh. Is somebody with me? Contend with the spirit of worry. Matthew chapter 14 verse 17. There were two groups of people there. Matthew 14, 17. Those who worry and the one who was grateful. The disciples of Jesus looked at the situation. You have over 10,000 people here. And there is no food. So they rushed to Jesus. Jesus, Jackpa. Let us Jackpa now. Jesus said, we ain't going to Jackpa. We stay here and prosper. Do you understand? 
Because they looked at the situation and said, the right thing to do is to run away right now. Send the people away. There is no hope. This place is a desert. This place is nothing is working anymore. Jesus said, we can change the situation. And do you know something? Jesus did not go and look for something new. He said, what do you have? In other words, they had something, but worry did not make them to know what they have. They had something. They had the five loaves and two fishes. There was something to be grateful for. But before them, in fact, the way they call it, said, we have only. Listen to me. If it is Gary you have now, be grateful for it. Yeah, be grateful for it. <laughs> oh, yes, you know something? Some cannot drink that Gary the way you are drinking it. You drink that Gary. If I, you know, if they said that Nepal has even taken life, you said, put ordinary water. Where is the granite? If there is no granite, do your hand like this. You know, like my mother thought me and say, I'm drinking. You know, this is, you know, this is Gary or Gwari. You know, metam. give it a Latin name and be happy with it. Do you know one thing? Gratitude makes things better. Worry makes things worse. Always remember that. Always remember that. Always remember that. So you will see that this true group of people, when the same situation got to Jesus, Jesus, the Bible said that, look at it. Matthew 14. Matthew 14. NLT. Verse 17. But we have only five loaves. Look at what they call it. Only. God does not need much to make you wealthy. What you call only, if the breath of God comes upon it, it will make a difference. You can carry armor and achieve the result of a bulldozer with the help of God. So we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. But look at it. Jesus said, bring them here. He said, verse 19, then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Don't run away. Jesus took the five loaves and two fishes, looked up towards heaven, and what? The word blessed means that he gave thanks for it. He gave thanks for it. Why should you be thankful for what others called only? He gave thanks for it. And look at what happened. Verse, um, what are we now? Blessed. Then, breaking the loaves of into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed to the people. Verse 20. They all ate. Everybody look at it. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover. 12 means 12 months. 12 means 12 hours in a day. They have more than enough for the rest of the year through the power of gratitude. This year is your year of plenty. Yeah. This is your year of plenty. Yeah. Oh, you will have more than enough. I say you will have more than enough. Your children will have more than enough. What's the secret? Gratitude. 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 Don't only thank God for what is working, be grateful for what is not working. Because, you know, gratitude will make what is not working to start working. It gives life into things. It, the bread was still five loaves when Jesus held it. The, the fish was still small. But as he began to release gratitude in it, you know, there is already a scripture. Look at that scripture that came to pass. Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 19. Look at it. Jeremiah 30 verse 19. Say, and out of them shall proceed thanksgiving, and the voice of them that make merry. Jeremiah 30 verse 19. New, no, KJV. KJV. Okay, you can start here first. Hold on there, if you are still there. There will be joy and songs of thanksgiving. And what will happen? What will happen? I will multiply my people. 
not diminish them. I will honor them, not despise them. What is it that is bringing this multiplication? You see, will be joy and songs of worth, thanksgiving, thanksgiving. So no wonder the bread multiplied in the hands of Jesus because he spoke worry. He did not speak worry. Rather, he spoke what? Gratitude. Lift up your right hand and say, Father, I thank you for this season. Can you do me a favor? Can you look around you and see what you are grateful for right now? Thank God right now. Oh, just thank God. Be happy right now. Just be thankful. Be thankful right now. Be thankful right now. Be, be, just be grateful. Thank God for the money you are owing. Thank God for the job you are looking for. Thank God for the, the, even the thing that appears so bad right now. Just look around and just be thankful for it. Just look for something to be grateful for right now. Thank God for what is not working. Thank God for the, the, the season of blessing and increase. Say, Lord, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm alive and you have blessed me. I'm grateful. I see your blessing all around my business. All around everything, I see your blessing. I'm grateful. I, I refuse to be ungrateful. I refuse to be ungrateful. I refuse to be ungrateful. I can see everything is getting better. I can see everything turning around, turning around, turning around for my good. That is your testimony. And that's the why. You see, one of the things, you know, um, I think it was on Thursday, I was meditating on this. And I woke up that morning on Thursday, instead of just praying, I said, no, it's been long I danced before the Lord, you know, and um, I began to dance, 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 I began to dance. And, uh, you know, you know, sometimes people owe me money, you know, they owe me money. And I, I, I'm telling you, I, I was just dancing, I was just dancing, I was just dancing. And, you know, and by Friday, one of those people who were owing decided to pay I decided to pay. I, you know, when the money came and I had to give it to the people that I wanted to give it to, I was so happy. I said, this thing works like magic. You know, thanksgiving means you trust God. It just means that you know that you are not your own. You know who you belong to. Do you realize that all that is happening in Nigeria does not concern children? Uh, they, they are still there. Children are still playing. They are still eating. I have not seen children say, hmm, hmm. Have you seen children? You see, when you become adult, that is when you worry. Children, don't worry. And that is why we are called children of God. So be, and be converted and be like a child. Alright? Children are just happy. Alright? They are just happy. And because they know that it's not my business, it's my parents' business. I, I was on my own. They invited me. So I'm only here to enjoy, right? Now, I want you to say to yourself, it's not my business, it's my father's business. Say, so say, it's not my business, it's my father's business. And he's going to sort it out. Say, so it's my father's business. He's going to sort it out. Hallelujah. Now, how many points do you have? So, what's the first thing you must do? Contend with what? Fear. The second one is, you will contend with what? Worry. And how do you contend with Worry. Thank, gratitude be every day if there is any time you thank God more it is now the next and final one for today is put on the armor of God's protection put on the armor of God's protection oh yes oh you need to be you know the armor of God's protection needs to be on us right now you need to wear that armor the Bible says in the book of Ephesians put on the own armor of God 
Ephesians 6 verse 13. So put on the old armor. It is God will not wear that armor for you right now. It is you that must wear the armor. The armor is our own bulletproof. You have to decide to put on your bulletproof for this season. Because so many things are happening, but you must be intentional in putting on the old armor of God. Now, what is the armor that we must put on? Psalm 91 verse 4, New Living Translation. Psalm 91 verse 4, New Living Translation. Psalm 91 verse 4. Are you there? Psalm 91 verse 4, New Living Translation. It says, It will cover you with its feathers. It will shelter you with its wings. Oh, I thought somebody is claiming that already. Then, can we read the last part? It says, His faithful promises are what? Your armor and protection. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. You know, one of the things we've been doing in this season is to ensure that we, we do our Bible study plan. Those of you who have not subscribed to the Bible study plan, if you are not on our WhatsApp group, please, I want to encourage you just after the service, make sure you join, all right? Make sure you join, and um, you can join, and uh, let them add you to the WhatsApp group. So we have this Bible study plan, and you know, people do not really understand why I'm so concerned about everybody reading their Bible and having a daily quiet time right now. Because the Bible says that the Word of God, is faithful promises, are your armor and protection. By God's way, this week I'm going to be, I, I I'm going to be sharing some scriptures that you need to begin to meditate on. This every morning, you wake up, you 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 recite those scriptures, you you claim those promises of God. You have to claim them every day. You have to claim them every day. I wake up in the morning. You know, I, I was telling my wife. I said the Bible says in some um, Jeremiah chapter seventeen, it said, "I will not see when it comes." I will not see when it comes. He said, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So I'm prospering in this season. He said, I will, I, I will eat plenty and have leftover in the midst of famine. Now why? You see, these are God's covenant promises. And Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but one jot of his word shall not pass away. I want to read a scripture for you in Message Bible. Psalm 119 verse 89. I want us to just read some scriptures together. Psalm 119 verse 89. Message translation. Psalm 119 verse 89. Psalm 119 verse 89. Message translation. I want you to see how the word of God flows right now. Now it says, what you say goes. What you say goes, God. And stays as permanent as what? The heavens. Your truth never goes out of fashion. It's as relevant as the earth. When the sun comes up. Your word and truth are dependable as ever. Are you still there? That's what you ordered. You set the earth going. Alright. Next verse. If your revelation hadn't delighted me so, I would have given up. Look at it. I would have given up when? When the hard times came. The next one. But I will never forget the advice you gave me. You saved my life with those wise words. God is saving you in this season. This is not the season for you to give up. So when, when you see or shoot out those scriptures during the week, all right, f- promises of God, you must 
proclaim every morning as you go out and you claim them. I can assure you that you begin to see the turnaround you need. You begin to see the turnaround you desire. You begin to see God turning things around in your favor. Hallelujah. Say with me, I will put on the armor of God's protection. Now, one of the things that God then says we should do in his word in this season, this is what I'm going to say, is that you should love him more. It's a promise. Look at it. One of the promises of God that you must claim this season that requires responsibility from you is to love more. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 13. Are you still in church, somebody? Billionaires, are you still here? Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 13. KJV, please. And it shall come to pass if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandment, which I command you this day. And what is it, that commandment? To love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul. Verse 14. That I will give you the rain of your land in his due season. Oh, somebody don't like that blessing. He said, when you love and serve me, I will give you the rain of your land in due season. The first rain and the latter rain that, you, that thou mayest gather in thy corn. So you are going to have more corn, more harvest, and thy wine, and thy oil. Verse 15, everybody. And I will send grass in thy field for thy cattle that thou mayest eat and be full. You will eat and be full. I said, you will eat and you will be full. See, this is why you see now, I tell somebody, this is the time to love and serve him. It's the time to love and serve him. See, it's not the time you fold your hands and say, let them go and do their thing. I will do my thing. Day your day, make my day my day. Nothing like that this time around. Everybody day for God right now. We must serve God and love him more right now. Because, see, God is still going to bless his lovers. He said that we eat and be full. If only you will just yield yourself and love and serve me. How do you love God? Oh, I said, this is it. Let me give you one of the ways you will know whether you love God. I'm yet to see a man who says he doesn't love God. But yet, God says you don't love me. Because the first commandment is that thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Now, how do you love God? What are the practical steps you need to, you, to love God? Where I just quoted is Matthew 22, verse 37. Matthew 22, verse 27. Matthew 22, verse 37. Says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And Now, one of the ways you will measure that you know you are in right relationship with God is to have what I call the right value system. This is how you will know whether you are truly in love with God. As we end today's service, I want you to listen. If there is anything you take home right now, this is the most important. Have the right value system. This is how to love God wholeheartedly. Now, what is the right value system? The people that God will bless this season will give plenty of corn and wine and oil, food and leftover are those who God truly sees that they love him. How do you know you love God wholeheartedly? Number one is that what are your value system? Now, this is how your priority in life should be. God first, your ministry second, your family third, and your job. Hmm. Now, this is where the problem is that there is silence in the room. Now, why do you say that? God first, ministry second, family third, job 
If this is not your priority, listen to me. Deuteronomy can't come to pass fully in your life. Most of us, this is what we did for us. Job first, family second, God third, ministry last. I don't know whatever your priority is. I've seen some say that God first, family second, ministry third, job last. But I said to you, that is not biblical. The right biblical order is God first, your ministry second. Family comes third. Job fourth. Now let me tell you why. Matthew 22, 37 already said it. That thou should love the Lord. The first commandment is you should love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Do you agree with that? But what was the second commandment? Love your family as yourself. Is that what it says in the second commandment? What does it say? Do you understand that's the second commandment? Now, most of us here, the problem why God is not blessing you is that you don't know that you have a purpose in this life. The Bible, the Lord says to Jeremiah, I said, whilst you are in your mother's womb, I have called you and ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. You see, when you check the lines of your hands, your family didn't put it there. Even your mother did not know what God, how it got there. Everything about you, only God knows it. That means when God was creating you already, I know I, I wrote an article the other day, that you see, there is no one of us that is a loser. When, a, 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 before a egg is fertilized, a semen contains, let's not even exaggerate, over 30 million life in every semen. Now, when those life comes looking for the egg, the first thing is that in, out of those 30 million, about over, in, all of those 30 million dies, is left with about 500 as they, raise, as they begin to run looking for the egg. Now, the last part of that race requires about those 500 uh, sperms that that semen to go and they want to fertilize one egg. And you are part of those 500 running towards one egg and eventually the one that we win is the one the first to get to the egg so when you got to the egg the rest of the 400 plus died off you were the winner of that race you were born a winner already now that means for you to be here you have actually fought the first major battle of your life and you won so you are a winner you are never a loser now the question is why did god do away with all those 30 million and went for you it's because your life has a purpose. God has a purpose for your life. You are not just here as a chicken or a fish. You are not just here by accident. God has a purpose while you are in Nigeria, while you came from Ibo or Yoruba, and while you are in Lagos at this time, there is a purpose for your life. And you must fight to fulfill that purpose. The day you die, God is not going to ask you, how did your business do? How, how many children did you raise? There is no children in heaven. There is no family in heaven. There is no career in heaven. God will look at you and say, hey, Chinasa, you fought your race. How did you live your life with respect to the purpose I've called you for? You have a purpose. Why are you here? All the things you are going through right now, the struggle, the devil only have one aim. Let him live his life in a way that he will not fulfill his purpose. Who are you? Why did God create you? Why are you in Nigeria? Why are you in Lagos? 
Why did you come out from that family and not the other family? There is something about you. Look at your eyelid. Nobody has the same eyelid as you. Nobody has the same fingerprint as you. Nobody has the same palm design as you. There is something special and unique about your life. You must fight to discover it and fulfill that purpose. That is who you are. If you live your life without fulfilling your purpose, then you have wasted your life. You see, God is not going to judge you by how many cars you bought. Do you know something? The greatest path to prosperity is living through your purpose. See, if God has called you to be maybe a medical doctor, for instance, you are not just a medical doctor to give injection. There is a reason why others wrote that exam and you wrote and you passed. There is a reason why others dropped out and you are still moving on. You must ask God, why Lord? Because maybe in that medical field, you see, when you understand your purpose, you know that I am not just here for money. Other doctors are doing it for money. I am here on assignments. Then you realize that once you have that purpose, you may be the first person to perform surgeries that others have not been able to perform. When you read the story of Ben Carson, Ben Carson's mother made him realize that you are not just one of those doctors. God created you for a purpose. So, he said, when he was first separating the conjoined twins, you will see him say he was praying. It was not money that was motivating him. Because people of purpose are not motivated by money. They are motivated by the ultimate goal, which is to be who God created them to be. You cannot keep living your life for money. Look at the way business is now. Does that mean that if this business does not work, you are a failure? God will not bless what he has not commissioned. You are asking God to bless that business. But that business is not what God has ordained you to be. You see, God will only bless what is in alignment with your destiny. You are a man and a woman of destiny. You are not here as a byproduct. You are not a waste. And you see, you will do well in life if you begin to know that, hey, I am here for a purpose. I'm here for a purpose. You know, and when you leave your purpose, you will see that others will fail, but you will still be standing. Money is not going to be the motivation anymore. So, instead of worshipping your job, look at what the Bible says in Romans. Let me just show you something about those of us who love our job. Romans chapter 1 verse 25 Romans 1.25, look at what it says. Who changed I and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Don't serve your job more than God. When you are giving to your job and your job becomes the reason why you are not serving God, you have entered into Romans 1.25. Say, you are serving the creature more than the creator. This is why some Christian businesses are failing this season. Because actually that business is their God. They don't honor God with their tithe. They don't honor God with their offer. No matter how much God bears that business, that business does not even pay tithes in the first place. They don't honor God with it. Giving to God is a problem because it's, it's their money. They don't see it as the money from God. I'm challenging you today in this season. Reorder your life. God first. So when you wake up in the morning, there will not be any excuse why you will not pray. There will not be any excuse as to why you will not pick up your Bible and study your Bible. God first. Then the next thing is your ministry. 
What is your calling? When you leave yesterday, you just begin to pray, Lord, help me to understand my calling. Help me to understand my purpose. Why am I in this church? Why? You see, you could have been somewhere else, but you are in Royal Grace Chapel. Even why did God send you here? There is a reason why God puts you even in a church. There are other churches you could have been today, but you fell in love with this place. You, you thought you fell in love here. But no, it is God that put it in your heart to be here because there was a time you were not here in the first place. Then you asked yourself, Lord, why am I here? What is my purpose in this place? Why, why do I fall in love as, an, as a teacher? What am I supposed to do? And when you understand that, you see that you will be a teacher with a difference. You will be a banker with a difference. You will be a singer with a difference. You will be an architect with a difference. You will be an architect that your every building will point people to God. Because when you fulfill purpose, God blesses you beyond measure. I pray for you in this season that your love for God will come alive. I pray for you in this season that your value system will be realigned. God first. I pray, you know, Bible says that blessed are those who died in Christ from henceforth. Self, for their labor follow them. Which labor is that? The labor that they have done with their purpose. When you live your life to fulfill your destiny, the Bible says even when you die, that calling follows you through eternity because you have become the man, the woman that God created you to be. I pray today for each and every one of us that you will live to fulfill your purpose. I pray that this season you will not go down. I pray that this season you will be part of those who will be going up. I pray for you that in this season you will be part of those who God is lifting up. I pray for you that in this season heaven will remember you. You know, somebody asked me the other day, why do I do what I used to do? And I said, you know, I've come to realize why God has been gracious to me. Some of you have forgotten where he has brought you from. As I stand there every morning, I remember that I still have my friends who are still conductors and drivers. When they caught me in the farm, stealing, and they had to put the yam I stole on my head, and people were shouting on my head, Oh, ole, 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 ole. You know, what? How many of you realize that they are they, in Nigeria now? They have even set people on fire for stealing something small. The question is that why did they not set me on fire that day? Because they could have set me on fire. They could have set me on fire. When the doctor pronounced me dead, why, why did my mother have the faith to take me to church instead of going to bury me? How did the pastor know a church that I've never raised one dead person before? How did the pastor know that, hey, we should pray for him. God said he will raise him back from the dead. Was I the only young person that must have died? There are a lot of young people that died. So when I stand every morning, I looked at myself in the mirror. that God has a plan for my life. Some of you here to have been through things that others did not go through. Some of you should have been dead and forgotten right now. Some of you, you should ask your mother, you have survived some sickness that nobody knew you could survive. Some of you had friends who you used to do bad things together. Some of them are gone right now. You are here. 
Some of us have done terrible things. But you find your way back to God. Some of us, when we look at maybe the, how many girls have committed abortion for you, or how many boys you have done abortion for, or how many things you have stolen, how many lies, do you deserve to actually be seated in church today? He loved you for a purpose. There is a reason why you are still here. Some accidents you have gone through and he saved you from. The question is, how are you saying thank you to him? Life is more than money. Only useless people live for money. Money is not the end. Money is just a paper. But real people live to say thank you to God. In this season, as we want to close today's service, how are you saying thank you to God? How are you saying thank you to God? How are you saying thank you to God? So now, the pressure of job has taken you away from God. The fact that you have to wake up early morning and go to work has killed your prayer life. You can't even remember the last time you pick up a Bible to read. Yet you could pick up your social media every morning. You could have time for Facebook and other things. And God keeps looking at you and saying, I saved you. I want you back. I say, Lord, when I hammer, I will remember you. God will be looking at you. My daughter, where is your singing ministry? Say, Lord, I'm busy raising children right now. I'm raising a family. My daughter, where, 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 where is your gift of helping others? Say, Lord, I'm too busy at work now. I will have time. And God will look. And for some of us, who knows how long you have left? Permit me. The man of the access bank, when you read the story, I'm sure that final moment, the man will, he will be surprised he was going to die. Because, you see, I, 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 I was telling my, my wife, what would be going on in his mind as that helicopter was going down? If he knew two days that he had just two days left, what would he have done differently? Let me ask you, if this is your last week, what will you do differently? Who will remember you? What have you lived for? Or what are you living for? So today, forget about what is happening in Nigeria and concern yourself about your life today. I say, Lord, how am I pleasing you? Because when the rich or poor, one day, everything will be gone. Somebody was showing me the house that the man built and how it was, that there's even an hospital in that house. I don't know how true is it. It's one of the remote house, everything automated and everything. December, you moved in. February is gone. But you know something? I can tell you where he is right now. I can tell you where that man is. He's either in heaven or in hell. And I can tell you one thing. Most times, people wish they could have done more. But it is appointed unto man to die once. And after this, the judgment. This season should remind us of something. That the same Nigeria that used to be like this, is now like this. Life changes, but your purpose remains the same.
your purpose will never change. So this season is a time you will leave. Say, Lord, whatever I'm going through, maybe this is why God has even created you. Maybe this is the reason why you are alive for this season. I don't know. But I, I am praying to God every day to fulfill my purpose. That nothing will be too big to lay down. I'm asking you today to reorder your life. What am I asking you today as you pray? Lord, God first, my purpose second. Mothers, I know you love your children, but that is not your primary purpose. God has a higher calling for you. It, your children will find their fulfillment in you doing what God has called you to do. I pray today that someone will find his way back to God. I pray today that whatever wants to make you live a useless life, that you are returning back to God and you will live to fulfill your purpose. Stand to your feet with me this morning. You know, I love that song that we normally sing as we pray. It says, My lifetime I will give God my lifetime God is about to take care of somebody in this place tonight, this morning. care of you this season but you need to allow him you need to say yes to God you need to say yes to his calling there are some of you God has called you to be pastors some of you are going to God is going to bless you to build orphanages a house for motherless children but you, you may not look like it today some of you you are going to build missionary schools God is going to use some of you to pay school fees for people. You have a calling to your generation. You have a calling to your generation. I want to pray for you today. God brought you to church because today is going to mark a new beginning in your life. Some of you used to be a very strong Christian but you have backslided. But you know, Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me, and my words, I will be ashamed of you before my father. I want you to make a decision to, that you are going to say yes to God. Number one, to give your life to God. Number two, if you are backslidden, you say, Lord, I want to come back to Jesus. And those of you who are saying, Lord, I know I've been living a selfish life. Right now, when I wake up in the morning, all I think about is my problem, problem, problem. I don't even think about my neighbor as myself. I don't think about whether I'm living the life God wants me to live. You are not even sure. 
that you know what God has called you for. Well, wherever you are this morning, maybe you belong to any of this category. I know you are here. God brought you here for this day. You thought that you came on your own. It was God that set you up because he wants you to experience a turnaround in your life. He set you up. He set you up. He set you up. It's not your friend that set you up. It's God. He used that desire to be in church today. He used someone to bring you here. But I don't know who you are, but I know that today is your new beginning. And you will need to say yes to Jesus. You need to say, Lord, I am back. You say, Lord, help me to fulfill my purpose. Help me to live beyond myself. So wherever you are this morning, all eyes bow and all eyes close. If you want me to pray for you, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Or you want to say yes to God. Help me to fulfill my purpose. Lift up your right hand. I want to pray for you. God bless you. I see those hands. I know God bless you. I see those hands. Can you please just take a step and come to me right now. I want to pray for you. Tear of me. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Just come. That is the step of victory you are taking. I want you to take that step because you know the devil, you are telling the devil, no, no more. I'm taking my life back. I'm taking my life back. Just take that step and come. Take that step and come. Now listen to me. I know some of you, you are, you are afraid right now, but God has not given you the spirit of fear. Some of you, the devil is holding you back on that seat. Say, don't do it. Don't do it. And you, you, a mixed feeling is going on in your heart right now. Let me say this to you. You have nothing to lose, my brother. Come and be here. You have nothing to lose. Put that devil where he belongs. And say, I'm, every step you take, you are stepping on the devil to say, I am claiming my victory. So one more time, wherever you are, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus. You want to say yes to the will of God for your life. Please come. Come. He's about to take care of you. Come. God bless you. He will take care of me. Come on. He will never Today is your turn around day. God is turning things around. Oh, if I keep, if I keep on my God first. The ministry. two categories of people that needs to be here. I feel compelled one more time. You are backslidden. You don't have a relationship with God. I don't know why today is so important. I needed to join them. The second group of person is uh, I just had buried gifts. Buried gifts. You have buried your gifts. You've buried the gifts. You've buried the gifts. You've buried the gifts. You have buried the gifts. You have buried the gifts. I was about to go, but I just heard that word buried gifts. God is bringing out that buried gifts. 
is bringing them out. He's bringing them out. God is bringing out gifts that have been buried. Oh yes, thank you Jesus. Today is a good day. It's a day that a generation that is going to change Nigeria are, be, are coming out today. You will be surprised that you are the solution that God has been looking for. I tell you today, the devil does not want today to happen. He has done everything to keep you away from this moment. But Jesus has defeated him. He has put him to shame. He has put the devil to shame. He has put him to devil. Lift your hand and say, I surrender. Let that be your cry to God. at your direction yes you i feel you should have been here i don't know why no no you man she yes no no don't be under don't be under duress i don't know the struggle between you and your god you know there are plenty of people here right now so you realize that it's not that because people are not here in fact we have had more than enough right now but as i looked into your direction as i looked into your direction i just heard jesus said i've been trying to reach you Jesus has been trying to reach you. He's been trying to reach you. He's been trying to reach you. You know, God can, you know, there is no cloud before God. He sees everybody individually. He sees everybody individually. See, you will be surprised that from today, glory will come out of people's life. You will be surprised. You see, new wave of glory. I don't know those of you who God has said you have buried your gifts, but now you need to say, I'm really, I'm bringing it out i'm going to fulfill my calling fulfill my power i'm going to love god with the all of my heart but i can assure you that something great something life-changing is taking place right now in this place in this place in this place destinies are being recovered destinies are being recovered jesus is repairing destinies he's making life whole. can we sing in that song again ah I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. Come on, I surrender to Jesus. Come to give my
know yourself. I want you to, Lord, here I am. Talk to God. Just pray. If you want to give your life to Jesus, say, Jesus, have mercy. If you know you have buried your gift, say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for burying the gift. I thought it was not relevant to you. But now it's not my gift. It is your gift. I'm going to use it for your glory. I acknowledge that that gift is for you. If you are backslid, say, Lord, have mercy on me. I know I've, I've, I've prayed this prayer several times. I've backslid. Have mercy on me. Lord, give me the strength to, to reorder my life around you, to put you first, to fulfill my purpose. If you want to fulfill your purpose, just say, Lord, I don't want to live a wasted life. I don't want to live a wasted life. I don't want to live a life that is irrelevant. I don't want to live a life that does not glorify you. Lord, help me to fulfill my purpose. Lord, from today, help me to discover why you are here and help me to fulfill that purpose. Help me to live my life to bring glory to you. Everybody, wherever you are, just pray now because he's answering your prayer. He's answering your prayers. He's answering your prayers. He knows you by your name. He's touching you individually. He's touching you individually. Jesus is touching those of you who are in the congregation. You can stretch your hands to them and pray with them and pray for them because something great is taking place in the life of those ones the devil has lost again the devil has lost again something wonderful is happening right now something glorious is happening ah heaven is gaining hell is losing heaven is gaining hell is losing if you will be surprised that ministers of god are imagine one of these ones are going to be a gospel singer that will shake the nation for jesus oh yes oh yes oh yes the blood of jesus is remodeling lives reshaping lives making all things good jesus is stepping into their lives right now oh yes jesus Oh yes, Jesus, if you can use anything, Lord, I thank you because we are using this once. They came into church not knowing that this was going to happen, but now you have set them up for a turnaround. They came into church on their own, but right now, they knew right now that it was all about you. You are the one that brought them to church today so that you can minister to them, so that you can touch their lives, so that you can turn things around. Lord, I thank you because you have brought this one so that they can experience you in a unique way. Express a turn around, a new beginning in their lives. Oh Lord, I thank you for the great things that you are doing right now. I'm giving grace to you, glory to you, honor to you, Lord. Because the devil has lost the battle right now. One of you, you are breaking out of addiction. That addiction you are breaking out. You have been held bound by betting for so long. But right now, you are putting your trust in God. Because after this prayer, you are not going back to that life of betting right now. That life of gambling is over. If the devil has robbed you of that, you are destined to gambling, to betting. But Jesus is setting you free. I don't know which one of you right now. But that addiction of betting, gambling, you know, is big broken over your life you are going to be blessed and rich but not to the route of gambling because jesus is going to prosper you he's going to lift you up he's going to bless you he's going to help you he's going to change things jesus is stepping into your life right now i want to cry unto god let him hear your cry let him hear your prayer right now just ask him for help ask him to step into your life ask jesus to step into your life and make all things new you make all things new you are making all things new you are making all things new we are worshiping you because you are making all things new lord thank you for your blood that is rewriting the stories thank you for this ones who are saying thank you with their lives those who are saying thank you with their lives i thank you i thank you lord oh yes i give you thanks oh i give you thanks lord thank you lord thank you lord Thank you.
lips as they release themselves. Say, Lord, I release myself to you. Say, Jesus, right now I release myself to you, Jesus. Let that be your prayer. Say, Jesus, I release myself to you. I release myself to you. I am not holding myself back anymore. Release yourself to Jesus right now. Say, Jesus, I release myself to you. I release myself to you, Jesus. 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 Do whatever you want with my life, Jesus. No, I know you are about you are going to lose something for saying that right now. But don't be afraid of what you are going to lose. I just feel somebody you need to say right now. Make that commitment, Jesus. I release myself to you. I'm giving myself to you. Do whatever you want to do with my life. Do whatever pleases you with my life. Release yourself to Jesus. Release yourself to Jesus. Release yourself to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. He's accepting you as an offering. I hear the word, I'm accepting you as an offering. Jesus is accepting you as an offering. He's accepting you as an offering today. He's accepting you as an offering today. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Lift your hands with me. Say with me, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. I humble myself before you. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. My life belongs to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I confess that you are the Son of God. You died for my sins and you rose again I receive you into my life as my Lord and my Savior I give my life to you all over again fill me with your spirit help me to fulfill your purpose for my life I believe I'm not here by accident I believe I am not here for accident or by accident I am here for the purpose you have created me from today I release myself to you oh Lord I release myself to you take this life of mine as an offering as an offering take my life as an offering and use me for your glory use me to fulfill your purpose for my life make something beautiful something great out of this life that you have given me thank you father because you have heard my prayer in Jesus name father I thank you for this once Lord I thank you because today is a special day I know that men and women of God will come out of this once I know that gospel singers will emerge of this ones. I know that those who will shake hell, depopulate hell and increase your kingdom are among these ones. Lord, I thank you for everyone that you have set free right now. I know one of them has been delivered from gambling and the addiction of betting. I thank you for the ones who have been delivered from the addiction of drugs. I thank you, Father. I, uh, for the ones uh, you know I, 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 I see a baby a, the cry of a baby but you see that abortion God has forgiven you right now the blood of Jesus has washed it
Thank you for tuning in on this episode. We hope you've been blessed and empowered to transcend new heights of faith and growth. Stay connected with us for more empowering and faith-filled messages. And remember, you are part of a community committed to transformation. Until next time, go forth empowered by God's grace.